Welcome back, everybody. Episode 70. 70. 7-0 of the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies Podcast. We are sponsored by Black Belt Digital Marketing. Anything you need to build your business, website design, Google ads, graphic design, they can help. Check them out at Black Belt Digital Marketing on Instagram or on their website at bbdigitalmarketing.com. Again, bbdigitalmarketing.com. Request a free online review right there on the homepage of the website. Uh, they'll check out like your entire online presence. And they'll give you kind of a, a great grades across the board. So it's really cool. I did one for uh, the t-shirt business, the podcast. It, it's it's kind of, uh, it's very informative. Very nice. Hey, big shout out to our friend George Hernandez at Hernandez Claims. George is a public adjuster who can help settle commercial or residential insurance claims on behalf, on your behalf. Sorry about that, y'all. Uh, call George Hernandez today and let the professionals help you get the most uh, compensation possible for your insurance company. Check them out at Hernandez Claims on Instagram or visit their website, HernandezClaims.com. Awesome. Let's not forget Sean over at Flow and Roll. I got some gifts for you guys at the end of the show. I Hands know. down the best custom gi and no gi gear in the business. Don't believe us. Check them out on Instagram. You can see just tons of stuff that he posts from, from like different gyms across yeah. the country. The artwork is always incredible. He'll take your logo, turn it into an amazing design. Again, gi or no gi. Uh, at flow underscore n underscore roll on Instagram. Uh, you can check them out at flowandroll.com. And if you're just buying t-shirts or you're just buying a gi or even they do embroidered belts, you get 20% off with code JJD. All right, everybody. I am Milton Campus. I'm a brown belt training out of South Florida. You can check me out on Instagram at UncleMiltyBJJ and at Jiu-Jitsu Dummies. Shout out to Britt Tavar, our booking manager and sponsorship coordinator. What's up, Britt? What's up? Good job. Woohoo! Thank you very much for all you're doing for us. Uh, Bo behind the camera. Hey. How's it going, y'all? Miguel? The uh, the unvax sperm donor over here. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> unvax sperm is the new Bitcoin. Bitcoin sperm. It's uh, one of our most popular TikToks right now. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Liquid gold. It's running. <laughs> how you doing, brother? <laughs> Liquid crypto. You, you, yeah, yeah. yeah me? How, how you doing? I'm doing okay. You doing okay? Yeah, I'm All right, doing brother. great, yeah. You're doing a, happy to be here. Cool. You're yeah. do Episode 70, it's come, we've come a long way. You know that we're, we're right at a golden we'll years, man. We launched our first podcast. What did he say? It's the golden years. The golden years, years of our podcast. We're, we con the idea was conceived in in three years ago in March. Yeah. Then we pretty much I think we did like a the dress rehearsal we'll call it in April, and then by May I think the first week of May we had the first one out. Yep. And uh, we're coming up on our. I think I was a two stripe two stripe white belt. Were you even tra were you training with yes. us? You were training with us already yeah, when we had yeah, started yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, you like those fucking idiots. They're never going to go anywhere with no, this I just, podcast. <laughs> I didn't. Well, Morons. I, I've, never, I've never been a hater. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not usually a hater unless you're doing something that's worth hating. Yeah. You want to do something that's fun, man. I get it. It's been- We're already doing jujitsu. You know, I mean, that's about, already weird. We talk about yeah. amongst ourselves a lot. Where, like, it was truly just an idea. Let's have fun with it. It wasn't like this, this thing we were going to do to make money. And yeah. then I guess you turn your passion- into it, a business it's, and it it's just not starts making to happen, any money know? for me. I just love this shit. Yeah, man. It's That's fun it. as hell. I, yeah. I love coming. I love coming here on Thursdays. I very much look forward to, to talking to you knuckleheads. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thursdays. Thursdays are fun. All right. Know? Let's, uh, let's get today's guest in here. You could get a sugar Check. daddy by being famous. <laughs> get a sugar daddy. <laughs> you guys, you know, killed me. Let's get, let's get today's guest in here. Let's do this. Let's do it. 
All right, everybody. Today's guest is a fifth-degree jiu-jitsu black belt, multiple-time IBJJF yeah. gold medalist. I mean, the accolades are just ridiculous. I couldn't read everything that he does. But ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Professor Bruno Bastos. Welcome, Professor. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you, guys, for the opportunity. It's a pleasure to be here, hopefully to share some good stories with you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, let's talk about what we were just talking about, which is, so let's clarify degrees and how many years. Mm -hmm. So when you get your first black belt, to get that first degree, how many years do you need to be at black belt? Uh, so the first three degrees is going to be like uh, three years Okay. For, uh, for each degree. And then after the third degree, and then five years to each degree until the sixth degree. Okay. And then after that, seven years until your your quarter belt. So like, I'm not I'm fifth degree now, and then like I'm not counting. I know that I'm gonna be in my fifties <laughs> when I get a quarter belt. Yeah. And, and the only thing that I know, uh, and then the only reason I keep that in because I have a, I have a goal to compete as a coral belt. Oh, all right. Wow. Is there anybody yeah. out there that competes in coral? Yeah. There, there's some right yes. out there. Yeah. Yeah, but really, really, who inspired me uh, to do that was when I saw uh, Master Julius uh, Julius Cesar from Jeff Team. Okay. Uh, he competed as a coral belt in, in in Rio de Janeiro, and that inspired me because he's a leader of a huge association, the Jeff Team, and then like nothing to prove, like or like people that has like big ego, maybe everything to lose, right? But he just like. Tie his coral belt, walked on the match, competed, had a great time. And then for me, that was like a, a big um, showing of leadership. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's a big, uh, that's a, a kind of a big deal to not only be able to compete in front of your students, obviously to win is the goal. How, mm -hmm. how does that differ from when you lose and you have to walk off the mat and see your students? What, what is that feeling? How, how would you, you know, kind of like... Uh, What's the right word to say? Like, how would you, when you're walking off the mat, how do you feel after a loss? Yeah, uh, depends on like what phase of Bruno you're talking about, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if was if was the kid Bruno, like when I was a kid, because I, I can't count in, uh, in my hand the times I lost as a kid, right? And then so back then the world was over. Right yeah. with with a loss, and uh, as a professional athlete, was really was really hard to digest because when you when you are athlete like world class athlete, you're trying to to be the best in the world, like it, like it's never a good feeling to lose, right? But nowadays, I feel that I enjoy jujitsu much more, right? And then like when I lose, I I don't like. I think if you are successful person. Uh, in whatever field you you you're working on, you're never gonna like losing on anything, right? Yeah, and then, yeah. but like I feel like today, let's say I'm going to martial worlds, compete martial worlds, and then I lose. That that, that doesn't change how my school runs, uh, how my kids love me, how my wife loves me, how my students like appreciate the the the, the job that I do with them. You know, like doesn't doesn't change doesn't change anything. So I think because of this. The change of perspective uh, is uh, I don't like I'm going to walk off the mat and people are going to be talking to me, are going to be talking normal. And then maybe they'll be like, oh, like, so how do you do it at your match? I'm like, I lost. Like, you lose? I'm like, yeah. But yeah. You, you look so relaxed. Or like, it's just a jiu-jitsu match. Mm -hmm. yeah. Doesn't change my life, right? When I think when you were young, everything's about that gold medal, right? But once you realize that life is much more than that, and then like, it's, it's just a jiu-jitsu match.
Yeah. Yeah, I have a question about that. Uh, mm-hmm. So let me know how you feel about this. If Let's say you do a match and you lose. You go back to your school. Of course, all your students are like, hey, professor, you know, great job. Uh, you know, sorry about mm-hmm. your, your loss, I guess. I don't know what they're going to say. But anyways, mm-hmm. how would you feel if one of them started going like, hey, I think this is what went wrong in your match? <laughs> I'm not asking well, as a joke. Uh, well, I, I mean, I guess I think about like what level of student is yeah, coming, I'm talking about, coming to give him advice. It's not advice. Yeah. I mean, no. mm-hmm. I want to I know. If, I feel like some professors would get upset. Like they think like, why, why is a blue belt going to say like, hey, man, I saw this during your great match, whatever. I saw this during mm-hmm. the match. And obviously I'm just I'm probably gonna he's gonna know. Mm-hmm. He's gonna know, yeah, that's exactly what happened. So then you you as a professor, I think you'd be proud of your student because they spotted the mistake that the professor made. And I know you know it. Yes. What do you think about that? No, you- I I understand I understand and then like it's a great question because I'm very open for my students about how you feel during a match, before a match, after a match, and all the situations of winning or losing, right? And like, I always like to give myself as an example for them in both situations winning and losing, but most of the time it's on the losing side because they can see how I react, right? And then we go over like why, why I lose, why I lost the match. Yeah. What were the mistakes? You know, so I, I, I like the question because that's something that I talk about. Um, I have a, a, a group of high level competitors in every belt level. And like I don't, I don't have like my professor, right? So like they mm-hmm. are the ones that coach me in the tournaments, and they train with me every week when uh, like when I'm preparing for tournaments, and they know what I'm looking for uh, to do. They know what's the game plan. They know everything. And then if I don't trust them, if I don't trust their their, their judgment ability, like how how I'm gonna be able to to perform and then or accept the criticism, right? So. Um, I'm very open for my students about that. And uh, I have no problem with them, like, pointed out, like, looking for opinions. Lo- a lot of times, like, in training sessions, I'm going to have students, like, uh, I'm going to ask, like, two, three students to look at my training. And then, like, hey, what should And then I go, after training, right after, I go over, like, hey, even if I did really good, let's say I tapped everybody, like, in the, on the rounds that I did, but, like, well, what could I have done better? What are the adjustments that I need to make? What do you guys see? Because like when on the inside, I can't see because I'm rolling. Yeah. Right. So I think that uh, be open mind on the on the on the on that sense helps me with my students a lot because then I moved to Midland, Texas, 2012, and then my class had one purple belt, three blue belts, and five white belts. That was my first class. You know. Yeah. So like so, <laughs> well, I if if I didn't build the team that I have now, how like I I didn't I didn't have my coach for me. Yeah. That's good, yeah. Because I, like, I feel I feel like we've all had the the coach that's gone like do this because this is how I won my whatever tournament. You know, it's mm-hmm. like this this move carried me when nobody else was doing this move, and it's like mm. I could I could remember in my head more times of me losing because that's how I eventually learned than more times of me winning because I already yeah. know how to do that. You know? are, are you someone that mm-hmm. are is someone yelling instructions to you when you're out there? Do you yeah, are you being coached even by you know like a student maybe that doesn't even realize he probably shouldn't be yelling anything? But are like people yelling, "Do this, professor! It's there." No, like not the yelling one thing. 
so I have a lot of high belts and then uh, some of the high belts have open uh, schools here, on, here on, the, on the area, right? And then I think it's important to coach your students how to coach as well. If you, if you, if you have like competitors, right? And I tell them like, one thing that I don't agree with is the, the let's go. Like, let's go, let's go. And then I say, okay, let's go where? Right, so like <laughs> we go, we go to Florida, we go to California, we go to Brazil. Where are we going, right? And then it, it is a joke, but it's true as well. You don't want to be sure leading somebody. You want to be like giving like the the, the 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 path for somebody, right? Hey, what, what, watch the watch the grip on the collar. Hey, pass to your left. Like, oh, his right side is the weakest side. Remember that. Hey, it's, it's like go for the knee cut. Like he's opening, he's open. Like things like that, right? So you have you have to know um, how to how to how to give the coaching for the person. Otherwise, you you just a cheerleader there for the for the person, you know. And then like if you just like yelling at the person all the time, I feel like some people they need to be hyped up for matches, but some like a lot of people is the opposite. They need to feel calm. And then if you're not calm on the outside, they're gonna give like. Too, too like too much like nerves for them on the inside. Yeah. So you have to be calm on the outside, right? So some of my students, you barely gonna hear my voice. Some of my students, if you hear my voice, it's because something go out of the plan. And then all the students, of course, are gonna be more like voicing things because they need that like play by play, right? For me, if you give me the time and the circumstance of the match, I'm like I'm good. I'm not the type that need like to be like yelling, and then some. But some people are. So and then I I try to coach my students on how to coach different people, because you don't gonna coach everybody the same way. Each human being is an individual, and like I don't gonna be coaching like both of you guys at the same time if I'm coaching you guys, for example. Yeah. Now, how do you? Uh, does your your family trains? How do you handle mm -hmm. watching your kid? Uh, does your wife still compete? Mm -hmm. She so, just came back. She just came back to competition. She competed out. She opened. She's gonna be doing dollars open. We'll see how. How, she, how do you handle that when you're coaching that. family, or do you not coach them? Uh, you know, like I, my wife, I have coached every single match that she has had in jiu-jitsu, besides besides one that I was competing at the same time. <laughs> okay. Uh, but and then like we were both like competing, and then like, but we, we both won our matches, so that was the good thing. Nice, right? Um, but I have coached her in every single match. And then for me, of course, I get nervous, uh, for, for her because like, it's the person that I love is the, the mother of my children, you know, like is like, we have the school together, everything together. Like we met on the match, so everything like it, it, we do together. So, but. She is she is like a, a video game. Regardless of the result, like she is very coachable. She has a background in judo and Russian sambo. She's a Bulgarian, so she she represents Bulgaria international competitions in judo and sambo. So I think because she has that background of like world class competition, it's very easy to coach her, right? Uh, when it comes to my kids, I have a boy and a girl. Uh, John Lucas, 
He is the oldest one. Uh, my boy is eight years old now. He has one punctured twice. He's very uh, coachable as well, but he's, he's a, has a different mindset than my daughter, Maria Clara, right? Maria Clara, she's six now. And João, like, he competed for two years without winning a single match, right? And then, like, and then for me, that was fine, like, I didn't like the, his losing, but for, I wasn't even teaching them. So I coach them, but I don't teach them. I don't know if that makes sense. So I coach them in a tournament, but in our school, they have the instructors. Because I want to just be their dad. The reason I coach them in tournaments is because they want me to coach them because they see me coaching the older students. Right? So, and I have to explain that part. But, so, João, he lost for two years, every single match, like he would he would go to on those tournaments, double elimination would go 0 and 4, like hmm. two losses, gi, two losses, no gi, and then it would be like, João, how'd you do? Oh, I had a great time, was awesome, <laughs> I competed gi, no gi. So for me, that was was about it. You no, know? like he was competing because he would see his dad competing, he would compete because he would see the other kids competing, so he wanna compete as well. But competition wasn't like, oh, I have to win for him. Until I took him, I didn't want to take him to punk kids, and then I took him to a punk kids. But my wife, like, ah, like, go, go with him. And a friend that I have as well, Gustavo Dunst, like, no, you should go with him. Just dead and sun trip, like boys trip. You guys like gonna be nice for you guys. And then he went, and it was a three three kids bracket, and he lost both matches. And then he cried like no kidding for over one hour. Mm. And that was, and that was his first like real taste of a loss. But that was the shift because in them from that I start teaching him in some classes, like because we, we made a promise to each other. And then a year later he came back to win for kids. Oh wow. Right? Yeah. Yes. Do you get so, more but, nervous? But, Do you get more nervous competing yourself or watching your family compete? When I when I compete, I don't I don't get like I tell my students I don't get nervous. I think I like I've been doing I will be 42 now in March. And I start when I was 10. Right, and then my third day ever in Jiu-Jitsu was competing. I did a Wednesday class, I did a Friday class, and I did an in-house tournament on a Saturday. So, <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't even know what I was doing, man. But so, like for me, like uh, as a kid, I would get nervous, uh, teenager nervous. Like as when I when I got my black belt, like oh my god, now all the guys that are my idols are gonna be opponents and like, all this, but. Again, nowadays, like, I don't want to say that I enjoy, like, I, I enjoy everything. I enjoy the training. I enjoy walking to the arena. I enjoy see everyone's face in the warm-up area. I enjoy they call my name. I'm walking to them. I, I enjoy everything, you know, because I think when I was younger, was so much pressure about you having to win, having to win, having to win, that I wasn't enjoying that, that part. It was like a job, right? And I enjoy so. When you, when you we, first we, started... Excuse me. When you when you first started, when you said at age ten, yes. When you first started, did you know that you loved jujitsu after those first couple of days? Was this something you knew you were going to do, or was it more like nah. your parents? I think I heard you talk Ooh. about you. You want you asked your mother to put you into judo or jujitsu. Jujitsu. Yes. Do it for a while. Exactly. I was eight years old when a Brazilian judoka Aurelio Miguel won the gold at the Seoul Olympics. 
And then like, I was like, man, like that's a real thing. It's not like a movie, right? Like I, I saw. And I was like, I want to be like that guy. But my mom didn't have like money to put us in judo. And then they have judo around as well. So after almost two years, I asked her. And then like I have two cousins, Fernanda and Andrea. They are both black belts as well. They live in Rio. They open their school now together. They are, they are brother and sister. And then they were doing jiu-jitsu already. And then my uncle told my mom, like, no, just put the kids on that jiu-jitsu thing because it's like judo. They throw, they do submissions in school. They, the kids like it. And then that's how that's how I start. So when soon as I start, because I didn't have any friends in school, like I was like very shy kid. I wouldn't talk to nobody. I had no friends. Um, I was like the 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 the, the nerd in a, in, a, in, a, in a good way, like. And then I didn't, uh, I didn't have any friends. So when I started jujitsu, then like that, that changed me. So for me, it wasn't about like, I, I can't say that I fell in love with jujitsu. I fell in love with having friends. You know, like my team was going to jujitsu because of my friends. And I love that I see my kids nowadays. They, they both, they, they, every commission that I have done, they ask to do it was never like me telling them to do something, right? But what I love is like, oh, let's go to Jiu-Jitsu. Today is Gi, today is no Gi. And then they get there and they, they play with their friends. So they don't even feel that they're doing Jiu-Jitsu, right? And that's how I see that I was back then. Like for me, like I was going to see my friends. Jiu-Jitsu was just part of the deal, you know? And then like I chose Jiu-Jitsu when I was 15 to 16. That, that's when I chose Jiu-Jitsu. But until then, it was all about my, my friends. Thank you to DD214 Fightwear, gear for patriotic rollers. Visit their website, dd214bjj.com, and get 15% off your online order with code JJD. And check them out on Instagram at dd214 underscore fightwear. Thank you to Feito IT and AV, specializing in commercial and residential automation, security cameras, and CCTV. Check them out at feitoitav.com or call 305-428-2515 and let them know the dummies sent you. All of us here at the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies would like to thank the entire crew over at Flow and Roll for their tremendous support. They're renowned for their incredible t-shirt designs and they've got something for everyone. Flow and Roll quickly rose up to become the premier custom apparel provider for academies, big or small, throughout the United States. Shoot them an email about your custom order, flowenroll at gmail.com, and they'll be more than happy to get you hooked up. Check them out on Instagram at flow underscore n underscore roll for samples of their gi and no gi kits. They conveniently offer flexible payment options too. Head over to flowenroll.com for more details, and while you're there, pick up a Jujitsu Dummy signature tee, now exclusively at flowenroll.com. And remember, you'll get 20% off your online purchase of t shirts, rash guards, or gis with code. JJD. Special thanks to George Hernandez, Claims Adjuster. Have you experienced damage to your residential or commercial property in the state of Florida from flood or fire, storms, theft and vandalism, even sinkholes, just to name a few? Don't get stressed out dealing with your insurance provider. Call George Hernandez today and let the professionals get you the most compensation possible. Visit HernandezClaims.com or call 305-712-6751 to get help now. And stay in touch with them on Instagram at HernandezClaims. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you're listening. And if you're watching on YouTube, 
click the bell to be notified every time we upload new videos. So you're so you have your wife, your two kids. Mm -hmm. That's four, but you have a whole mm -hmm. line of family members that are not only black belts but that train jujitsu, right? So I have my brother, uh, Hiko. He's a black belt. He's one of the head head race for BJF, being working who's number one as well. Uh, my sister Bianca Bash, she's a physical therapy with master's degree. Um, she actually is here now in the United States. She she wanna get her doctors here. So and she's a black belt as well. Uh, like that, she stopped competing like long time ago. But like on the 2000s, she she competed against like Luana Zugi, Annette Stack. Like she competed against some of those girls. Uh, my cousins, uh, Fernanda and Andrea. Fernanda, she she competed on the very first world championship. They had women, and then she got a bronze medal. The, the podium was Leca Vieira, Leticia Ribeiro, uh, Daniela Paiva, like Gigi Paiva wife, and my and my cousin Fernanda. Oh, wow! You know, she, and yeah, those, like, wait, did you just list the black belts? Those are all black belts. Yeah, yeah, and then, and then my 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 cousin Andrea, who's a black belt as well. Uh, <laughs> He's one. He's one that have raised for BJF in Brazil. Uh, I have another cousin, Thiago Basso, who's a black belt as well. Um, but uh, that 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 is about it, right? Like it's just a lot of people. But my family is so huge that I feel there's not a lot of people do this. Yeah. Wow. My my grandma she had seven kids, so I have I don't know like how many. <laughs> I have over twenty cousins. Wow. You, you know? have, I'm sure you have family members that you forget you have. <laughs> no, like my. I remember when I took my wife first time to Brazil to meet my family, and it was in Christmas. So, and then one other time that was for my grandma's 90th birthday, that out, those two times, almost have everybody, but she wasn't everybody. You know, like we talk about like dozens of people, like cannot fit everybody on the house. Everybody has to be on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And, and on, on, the, on the summer of Rio de Janeiro, don't forget about it. <laughs> Hot. So how do how do you wind up in Texas? Uh, your your school is in Midland, Texas, correct? Uh huh. Okay. Yes. How do you wind up in Texas? So I first moved to Dallas, 2009, right after the 2009 ADCC in Barcelona. I had to come earlier uh, to help Travis Luther to one of his UFC fights. So I came. I did the I did the the world championship, and then. I stayed training with Travis to to help him, and then like uh, it's funny because now we have like uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, right? And then, but back then, uh, like we had like the uh, like a, a chat online that we call ICK in Brazil, ICK, like we would call it like that, and then our, our, and they would put like our status, and I I put my status in dollars, right? And then, like, a guy that I have met in Paraná, he's like, Bruno, are you in Dallas? Like, he put his name. I was like, yeah, he put, what's up? I'm like, oh, I live in Dallas now. I'm like, oh, we can meet. And then he said, man, like, you want to move to Dallas? Because the, the guy where I'm training jiu-jitsu is looking for, for a professor. And I was like, well, we can meet. So, and that's, that's how I met that guy, Greg Seal. He owns Octagon MMA in Dallas, Texas. He still owns that school. Uh, nowadays, uh, Rafael uh, Lange teaches over there, right? So he's the guy that bought me in 2009. So right after ADC, I came. I taught at Octagon for two years. 
and then I had a guy that uh, he was going to train with me every month uh, in Dallas. And then he asked me if I want to try as you try to make a jiu-jitsu program in Midland, with a small town. And then he said, like, you try. Let's, we can give like make a one-year deal. If it doesn't work, we should have a marketing dollars or can go to Houston, like go back to a big city. But and then I and then I came in February of 2012. So exactly 10 years ago. Right? Exactly 10 years ago. And after one year, everything have like was working well. And then my wife was expecting uh our first child, John Lucas. You know, and that that was 2013. And then I was like, no, let's give her, let's give her a shot. Let's like, let's make another deal. And then I made another deal of three years, and then keep growing, keep growing, keep growing. And then by the time of the third year, uh, she was expecting Maria Clara. And then uh, I had opportunity to go to Abu Dhabi, but I didn't want to like leave United States. And then like, you stay there however how many years, and then try to come back to open my own thing. I. I because nobody's gonna wait for anybody for like year and a half, two years, three years. That's the truth. Like when it comes like to to to, to business, right? And then I decided to stay. So my wife and I stuck to here. And then 2019, we were able to open our, our own schools, like no, no, like our own school, like no, no partners, no nothing. And then uh now our school has little over two years. Um, very successful here. And then we're happy. So that, that's how I ended up in, in Midland, Texas. was like, I like to say that I didn't choose Midland. Midland chose me. <laughs> now, did you, when did you meet your wife? Because I believe you met your wife overseas, right? In Europe? Did you meet her yes. in Bulgaria while, she was, while you were training? Yes. Yes. I was there training a former UFC fighter, Stanislav Nedikov. Uh, my, my first decade as a black belt, I worked with a lot of MMA fighters. I think I was doing very well in Nogi competitions in Brazil. And because of that, a lot of, a lot of guys would like to, like, would, I would receive invitations to, like, I worked with Mikko Krokop when he won the Pride Grand Prix. You know, I, I worked with the Nogueira brothers. I worked with Fabrício Verdun. So, uh, it, it, I, I was blessed on, on that, on that, on that sense. Right. And then I was in Bulgaria, worked with Stanislav Nedikov. And she was a judo coach on, on the, on the gym that I was working with him. So she was there, like on says up position, her knees putting her belt. I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So like we, we literally met on the on the match, you know, and then and then she came, then she came to the United States, and then like we like, we decided to to stay together. And then like I took her to Brazil, and then like that's that's how So you were already in the US, was. you go to you go to Europe, yes. you meet her in Bulgaria, and then you come back. Yes. Yes, okay. I was I was in Midland already. It was my first year in Midland. Oh wow! Like I met her in 2012. Oh, so she's been there with you from the beginning. Exactly. Wow. So she 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 saw the beginning here. Like we were like on a second floor of a mall above a uh, a bar, and man it was like if people if people have seen their first school, he, they wouldn't believe that. Like back then, 2012, I already had a name in Jiu-Jitsu. you know, and then like. I remember I brought a friend of mine, Rodrigo Feijão, to come like uh, work in a, a training camp for World Championship. And then he's like, when he walked on the school, he's like, Bruno, what are you doing here? <laughs> right? But I believe uh, the, the thing for me was like, back then when the guy, the guy that invited me to come over here, 
my vision was like, man, that's an opportunity to have something that's mine. Right? Like I will not have someone telling me what to do like every every week or every day or whatever. Um, and one thing that I tell my students a lot, like especially the kids, the teenagers, like the young adults, like, man, I have always bet on myself. I have always bet on myself. And then did it always pay off? No, like, I struggle a lot, a lot of times. But I know that if I didn't bet on myself, I wouldn't be where I am now in life. Yeah. You know, because like when I decide make a like that I'll, I want to make this as a living. Like mid 90s, Jiu-Jitsu had no business. <laughs> so like I remember my dad a lot of times like, hey, you have to find a real job. You have to find a real job. Was was him against me? No, he always supports me, you know. But now, when I look back then, uh, now and like now being a father as well, I can understand him 100 percent you know, 100%. Jesus had, had no business back then. The, the business, the business back then was like, okay, you become a black belt and you fight Vale Tudo. That was the business. Like, the business, right? Yeah. So, is there, that, there is that what business. brought you over to Novo Uniao? Is that, is that kind of what you thought you were going to be doing? I need to start doing Vale Tudo, so I'm going to, I need to, you know, train with those guys. Mm -hmm. Is that what led you there? No, but I was in Alvinão on the on the beginning. Okay. I was oh, on the that, meeting okay. that they formed in Alvinão. Oh, okay. You know, like, but you, you trained before that, but then they formed and then you were there? Yes, right? because, because okay. I started 1990, but Alvinão okay. was from 1995. So you were the OG. So, you were there before. It was cool. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm Wendell Alexander Black Belt, right? And then, like, that's why I have, like... Who's one of the founders, of the, right? So everybody yeah, knows exactly. that he's one of the founders of Novo Alvinão. Exactly, exactly. And then, and then I mastered on the Pedernelas. You know, so like I was there from, from the beginning. I was there be before before the, the, this happened. Um, I was there when they formed the 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 the, the, the union, the uh Nova Union, and then we started go to competitions together because the deal back then, like that there, like Andre Master Andre Pedernelas, he had lot of like a, a strong group of like uh adults. Right, and uh, Wendell had a, a strong group of kids and juveniles, but and back then they didn't have that division they have today. Like nowadays, like oh, so and so won adult division, uh, so and so won master division, so so won female division. They didn't have that division where like for that team that teams could win like uh, different things. It was just overall. So they never would win overall because they are strong in one point, but the weakest on the weaker on the other point. Mm -hmm. And then when they did that, and then Novo Union won Brazilian Nationals back then, then Novo Union won the World Championship back then. Like that, that was the golden era of Novo Union. They're like, like Robson, like Robson Moura, Vitor Shaolin, Marcelo Pereira, Leonardo Santos, BJ Penn, João Roque. And then I'm going to go name and name like people here. And then that, that, that time was, was, was great and crazy, like the level of training as well. Did you ever see yourself fighting MMA and, and you know, was, was going into the I UFC did, ever in your uh, plan? Uh, I did some, I did some fights, but it was never my dream to be like in UFC or to be on, on, on Pride back then. Like that was never my dream. My, my deal, like the generation that I came was to that generation that should get your black belt and then you fight in a valetudo to prove your jiu-jitsu. And that uh, that's what took me to to fight 
like MMA. You know, but there was there was never something that like I'm an MMA fan. Like I watch every UFC that I can, Bellator that I can, PFL, like everything. Right? But it was never something that I love like to myself, yeah. like as an athlete or as a coach. So like my school is a jiu-jitsu school. Like I don't want MMA on my school, I don't want kickboxing. It's different environment. Right? Um, but like was was never my dream. My my dream was always like jiu-jitsu. Uh, then like when, as a black belt and then like man I want to have my school back then I was teaching already and then I want to have my school when I was on my mid-20s I was like oh I think I know that now the future is outside of outside of Brazil because I already seen people coming to the United States to teaching or going to Europe or to Australia you know and then by the time I was traveling already I have visited Australia I have visited like some uh, places in Europe like Croatia Bulgaria Finland you know so I knew that my future would be outside of Brazil, yeah. and then eventually have a have a school. I always and like of to ask course, this. Oh, yes. go, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, and, and of course, as a competitor, like like the the quest of be a world champion, right? Because if you compare, you you wanted this. What would you be doing if you hadn't made a career for yourself in jujitsu? Was there something else that you were in love with, or that you thought you would be doing? Uh, as a Brazilian kid. Soccer, of course, okay, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and I was like, I was always a big kid, so I don't even think I was like that good. But like a lot of people wanted me on the team because I was, I was big, you know. So like, man, who don't want to like a strong 13, 14, 15 old kid that is like, is like has like adult size, <laughs> yeah, you know. So I, I was always big. Like when I, by the time I was 16. Like I already had the height that I have now, so I was I was like really tall, really tall, and then um, because of that in school I played like little bit like volleyball and basketball as well, uh, but I I never liked it. I just did it because like I had to do like things that you have to do in school, you know. Uh, but like soccer was one thing that as a kid, like before jujitsu and in the early jujitsu years, like I really love it. And I thought maybe I, because people always speak me, I said like, man, like maybe I can do that. Uh, but I had I had the crazy crazy stuff. Like I remember, like I always loved history lessons. So in one point, I want to do college uh, to get a, a history degree. In one point, like I uh, I did a college for physical education, you know. Uh, so I had I had dif- different like uh, go- like things that I like as a kid. In one point, I want to be mechanic for Formula One. You know, like I, I love to watch Formula One. Uh, now I think it's nice that in the United States that that market is growing now with that drive to survive, like on Netflix. So that that's nice. It's coming. So here. now I have issues that I can. Now I have issues that I can talk about this <laughs> mm-hmm. because before I would, would wake up on a Sundays by myself and then watch by myself. My my wife like you crazy. Like, why wake up early to watch this? <laughs> <laughs> Or stay up you know, late. so I, I have things like so the, the, the things that I enjoy. So I watch every soccer game that I can. I watch every Formula One race that I can. Like, so the things that I like, I love to read books, biographies, and stuff like that. So the things that I like as a kid, I still like now. Um, but I don't see. I don't know if I would. Man, like it's so hard to think myself without jujitsu because that's all I have done. You know, so I don't think I, I tell I tell my 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 friends that I don't think I love jujitsu. I think that I, I am jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. 
let's uh let's i'm a i'm a fellow big guy <laughs> i'm like pushing to 40 <laughs> and, and i always talk about uh you know at, i'm 48 now when i'm training with somebody that's smaller than me and i didn't always mm-hmm. used to do this but when i train with somebody smaller than me i'm very conscious about not hurting them i don't want to mm-hmm. be the big guy bully what do you what kind of advice would you give a fellow big guy when they are training with those little guys because most of the little guys are scared of me as soon as they see me they don't know that I'll, yes. I'll pull guard i'll pull them to me i'll let them work their game as long as they don't you know do something stupid mm-hmm. but what kind of advice do you give mm-hmm. to the big guys so, you know so that they're not the scary you know gym bully like one thing that i tell my students is that they have to understand jiu-jitsu to be able to play jiu-jitsu right uh, if you if you just go to class and you just repeat what your coach is teaching you, it's like you go to the school and just make sure that you know enough to go to the next grade, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, like I I encourage them to like to have their own thoughts on the move, like to study study the moves, understand the mechanics of the move, how you move your body, how you can how you have to push yourself, how you have to balance yourself, because one thing that I repeat for them a lot, how can you control somebody if you don't know how to control yourself? And I think that make them looking for that balance. And then the truth is that for me, there is no balance. You just find that sometimes. But it's not like there is no balance that's like forever, right? Because you keep changing, you keep evolving, and then you get older, and then your body changes, and then like everything, right? Um, and then because they see me and then like they see me train with like the the hoostaways, the light feathers, they see me train with the girls, right? And then they see me roll with the, the, the teens, the teenagers, you know, like uh, and I think they see how I roll and they we start like mimic them on the beginning and then they start find their comfortable comfortable zone like on the on that sense right i think it helped me a lot growing up with guys that were smaller than me because if you like th- those names that i said like uh marcelo pereira who's the weight robson moro was light feather uh vitor shaolin was lightweight gustavo Dante was featherweight leo santos lightweight like bj pen featherweight <laughs> like john hot featherweight or light feather you know like and I can go on and on, like Bernardo Pitel, who's the weight, you know, like Marcelino Pereira, uh, Marcelino Freitas, like featherweight. The only big guy back then was like Rafael Carino, but he wasn't doing much like jiu-jitsu. He fought on one of the earliest UFC, and then he wasn't doing much jiu-jitsu. And then we have Fernando Marques, who is a, a heavyweight. Um, but most, most of the guys were lightweights. And then when, once I was a teenager, Okay, I was bigger than them, but I wasn't strong enough. So they would like catch me however how they wanna, right? But once I became adult, if I didn't know how to train with them, I wouldn't have training partners. So I think growing up with those guys helped me a lot for this. And then my sister, who who is a black belt, she's a black belt under me. So I train a lot with my sister. That was very helpful having a sister, having a cousin, Fernanda. Like so, I'll train with them all the time. So I think growing up, like doing, having those guys are training partners and them having training for my sister with my cousin, that 
really, really helped me a lot uh, to, to, to be able to, to train like how I train with the smaller people, with the girls, teenagers, and, and so on. And uh, the, with the, the, the possibility that the students have to see that, and then they can mold themselves to do the same. I, I used to tell people this, not so much now, but maybe at blue and purple, when I realized, you know, I, I first started training with a coach that was bigger than me. So I didn't really, I wasn't super conscious of my weight. One of my training mm-hmm. partners was 400 pounds and we had to work on a lot of th- 400 pounds. That, that, that's a big boy. That's <laughs> a big boy. And we would work on moves and every, every move we did, it was comfortable. It was just known in the class. We would do it. It wasn't a problem, but we would work with him on how to do it for his body type. I mean, if he got on his back, I mean, it was very hard for him to move. So, you know, mm-hmm. we would teach him the moves and like, okay, oh, your leg should be here. Oh, you could do it this way. So I came from uh-huh. a place where I didn't have to consider my weight. And, and uh, you know, there were other training partners there and, and some of them were smaller, but I had all these big guys. So we went hard a lot. Uh-huh. At blue to purple, I had to figure out, and I realized this, I'm learning the move. I'm learning how to be dominant. And then I'm also learning how to not hurt. I go to a new gym. I started training with girls and I had to figure out, oh, I can't lay on them like this. And I would have to you know, kind of figure out mm-hmm. where to put my weight so I don't hurt myself or I don't, you know, make them feel like I'm not also like I'm taking it light on them because they're a girl. Mm-hmm. Yes, so like I had to exactly. learn how to roll both ways. And I used to tell people, you don't understand, like I may be rolling with you and you may think I'm rolling hard. I'm trying to figure out how to not hurt you, not to put my weight on you, especially if they were a lower belt or a female. Mm-hmm. So there was that time that I that, at that blue and purple where I had to make those adjustments for myself and really but learn that, how to not be a jerk. That word, that word that said that that phase of the adjustment. Everybody goes through that phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that is like is everything's phase. Everything's phase, and then like you, there is no, there is a like in jujitsu. Doesn't matter how well people are gonna teach you if you don't go through things yourself. It's really hard to understand. You have to you have to go through like the good and the bad, like to to understand. Because if you if you don't feel it yourself, it, it's really hard. Jiu-jitsu is a, is a, I remember when I was like a teenager, and then of course like Hickson Grace fan, right? And then like Jiu-jitsu, like I I remember like I I knew few words in English, but I remember him saying like oh about the feeling, like feeling people, like feeling the moves, like like. Everything was the feeling, like you talk about invisible jiu-jitsu, right? How you feel. And then, like, man, I was like a teenager. I was like, man, like, I love the Hickson, but what he's talking about? I didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't understand. But it's a phase. And then, like, then you athlete and then, like, you start teaching. And now you have to pay attention to things that you didn't have to pay attention before. Uh, and then, like you have, you have that phase, right? That when when you start teaching, but you you start teaching just so you can you can keep being athlete. And now the phase that I am, <clears throat> that I have been for a couple of years already, that's the phase. Now you coach because you love to be a coach. Yeah, and and that's completely different. I don't you coach know, where I am, but I love coaching my you know my training partners if if they're willing to accept it. I that's one of my favorite parts is as a brown mm-hmm. belt working with somebody that's getting just getting started especially when they're a big guy now now i used to you know oh big guys here white belt he's going to get all spazzy now i have, grab them now i say come here come here let me work with you you have you have to come to midland texas i have a lot of big <laughs> toys here <laughs> uh, yeah definitely i'm going to book my ticket tomorrow 
<laughs> but it, I was serious, yeah. serious now. You would love it, the training here. It it is it again, it's something that as you're learning jujitsu, I would be like, Oh, you know, I, I tell people when I look at myself or as I'm talking to you, I don't see myself as a big person. And then I see myself in a picture with somebody. I see mm -hmm. the group the class picture and I'm like, Oh, that's what they see. Okay, my big ass head and my big yeah. body. Like then then okay, this is this is what they see. But remember when I'm talking to you, I don't I'm not conscious of my size in relation to you until I maybe mm -hmm. see us in the mirror. I, I tell a story. I had a friend that was a bartender and we were roommates and I always used to tell him he had a humongous head. And then mm -hmm. one day I went to his bar and he turned around and I could see our heads next to each other in the mirror and my head was bigger than his. And I never made fun of his <laughs> how big his head was again. <laughs> That's a true story. But again, I, I don't I, I'm not very conscious of it until I see myself. And then I realize like even my mm -hmm. wife, I, we're walking in the house and we bump into each other in the hallway and she flies into the wall. I don't even realize she's like, you know, come on, you know, you're a big guy, you know, turn your, turn your <laughs> I, I had one of those moments uh, yeah. the other day and I and I know I got politely to like ask to not roll with them. Oh, yeah, it was it was an open mat and it was it was there was literally nobody left. And there was a female like in the middle of the mat. Yeah. And I mean, she was like an experienced, she is an experienced, you know, uh, higher belt. And uh, I just go, hey, you want to roll? And I knew she just said, no, I'm going to skip this round because, and then I was just kind of like, yeah, I get it. Like, <laughs> you're a big, yeah, but, but much she, bigger than her? We, yeah, but okay. not, a, well, obviously, yeah. But, uh, but also I think it's like, cause I'm newer to the school. So she doesn't yeah. know how I roll. Yeah. Right. So like, she doesn't know. It's like, okay, now I got to deal with a 200 pound blue belt and I'm a higher belt. And I don't know if he's one of those blue belts. It's just like going to beat anybody who's a higher belt to make yeah. themselves feel better. Are you okay mm -hmm. with that professor? Are you okay with a student, you know, saying, yeah. I don't want to roll with somebody. I know the old school guys, it would be like, no, just everybody roll. Don't worry. You, you know, mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to lose your learn, but nah. w w if somebody okay. to turn down a roll, what would you tell them? I'm okay. I, I think everything is the environment that you're a part of, mm -hmm. right? And my school is, uh, even though like I'm, I love to compete and I have a lot of competitors, but my school is a family school, is a family environment. And I don't have to sell this because people walk in and what they see, they see my wife and they see my kids. <laughs> That's what we do. We, we're there, right? Yeah. Um, so like, do we have a competition team? Yes. Do we, like kids are those? Yes. But most of the students are not competitors. I would say like maybe 10% of the students are competitors. You know, and then like, why you gonna pay to go to a place that you don't feel comfortable to roll with somebody? So if you don't feel comfortable to roll with somebody, you have the right to like, to, to say like, hey, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going for the person. You know, because, and that, that's the part that I tell, that I tell the, the like, especially, especially the, the, the guys, Right when because we do have women's class, but we have mixed classes, right? Um, and then I tell I tell them like guys, you guys cannot. It is like I tell them you guys cannot to row if you don't feel comfortable to row as well, and then go the other way around as well, because some guys they don't want to do anything to don't hurt the girl, but then they let them do everything. Then there's not a training. No way. All right. Uh, and then some guys, they don't know how to control themselves. Then, like, they kind of, like, let them do stuff, and then they go too hard and then hurt the girl, right? 
And then one one thing that I, I tell I tell the guys is like, do you have a girlfriend? Do you have a wife? Or like, if you don't have those two, like you have a mother for sure. Don't do with any girl who, what you wouldn't like people to do to your mother. Like and, and like, it's, it's that simple. That's, that's a that's great exactly way to how put I say. it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's a that's great exactly way how I say. And then like some guys, they feel intimidated by that. What they do, they don't roll with the girls. Yeah. And then some guys, they feel comfortable, they roll with the girls. And then like a girl gonna see if you feel comfortable or not as well. Yeah. So for me, for me, I have no problem. You don't have to, you don't have to feel obligated to roll with anybody. Mm. You know? Uh, in a, and I say this in a regular classes. In a competition training, and then I think it's different because in a competition training, uh, the way I do, I separate by groups. So gonna have the heavyweight groups, gonna have the light and middleweight groups, gonna have the hooser light feather featherweight groups, gonna have like the girls group. So then like that eliminates that 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 thing, you know? Because That's if smart. you're training for competition, you wanna you wanna be as close as possible to reality. So why I gonna roll with my hooster and my light feather if I'm gonna compete against guys that sometimes are 300 plus? Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense, right? Uh, why why I gonna roll with the lightweight girl? Oh, Bushy can fight absolute. Yeah, Bushy don't gonna fight like somebody my size with absolute. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> right. So the girl can train with the guy. Sometimes I'm gonna put like uh, lighter guys with heavier guys or, or girls with like like little bigger guys, so they can simulate a absolute match. Right, but it still have like a, a, a like I know who I'm putting for who, so the competition in, training is a different uh, environment because what I tell the comparisons is the biggest key for a, a good competition training is not who's in the competition training. By that I mean like let's say like Atos room, like Andrea Galvão room. Man, like you go there like kind of hook like Bragi. I mean like like. Left and right, right? But so, like, uh, is, is a uh, room like that is great? Yes, of course. Like, the room that I told about Novo Neon back in the day is great. Of course, it's great. But really, the key is like the ability of trust your training partner. Because if I trust you and you trust me, we can go 100% against each other. No problem. But if we don't trust each other, we could be. Hickson Royce, that would like we would be all cautious about. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. like we like we, we, we wouldn't be like a, a a real competition training. And then in a regular classes, you like the the hobbies is there. Like the, he he and she has to have the the ability of like not feel comfortable training with somebody. Uh, like no, like gonna train with the other person, and the other person has to think like oh. Like what, what did like what, what why why that right like what did I do like they have to to look themselves on the mirror as well. Yeah, do you, who, BJ Penn. I he said BJ Penn know, like three times. I, I got to ask you about know, BJ Penn. I know everything about BJ Penn. BJ yeah. Penn. You you yeah. mentioned him a few times, correct? That you trained with uh -huh. BJ Penn, right? Yes. Did you uh, tell us uh, tell us a little bit about that time? Was he recognized as like this? Okay, this is the a phenom. Did he, he is somebody that's going to really take this this uh, far. Did was, you recognize that as as a as a training partner in the same gym? Got his black belt. In five yes, years. he was he he was like different already. Like I remember, he came as a blue belt, uh, and then he got silver medal. Then he came back as a purple belt, and then got his brown belt and then got third place as a brown belt. 
And then that, that time when he came as a brown belt, because when he came to compete as a blue belt, he was part of half Grace team. When he came back in the next year, he came back representing Nova Union. He was training with Renato Verissimo, Charuto, uh, André Pedernegas, black belt. Um, and then he came, and uh, I had really good training sessions with him. Uh, with not, like I was bigger than him, of course, but man, I could never pass his guard. Yeah. <laughs> I could never pass his guard. Uh, and you could see that he was different. And then we, when he won as a black belt, he trained all the way up to the Sunday before the tournament as a brown belt. And then we're doing trials to see who's going to represent that the A team, right? And then I don't know who said, like, no, let's put BJ on the black belt trials. And if he wins, we promote him to black belt. And then he goes to black belt. Wow. So he beat all the black belts. Pedernedos put the black belt on him. And then seven days later, he was a black belt world champion. Wow. That's crazy. I No, I was like, um, <laughs> he was talking about, you know, you've done a million competitions. And some of them mm -hmm. are local. You know, even the IBJJFs that come around town or whatever, you, you showed up to all those. You're, you're bound to run into the hobbyist black belt. You know? So is mm -hmm. it, have you ever had like where, where like, you know, you line up on either side of the television or the judges or whatever. And then he's like, Hey man, I'm a huge fan. And then you get to go out there and you just like, do you feel the difference? Like I know a black belt's a black belt, but like I've, I felt the difference between, you know, I've grappled with UFC fighters and they feel something different when they're like, you know? So it's like, mm -hmm. do you feel that they're a hobbyist, even though they're a black belt and you just kind of like, don't Take do, any, don't no, do, don't do anything you wouldn't do to your mother. Yeah. Oh, it is different. I have had a lot of guys that compete against me, like uh, saying that they were like big fans of me. They have been following me since like they started Jiu-Jitsu. I have had guys that I saw competing as a blue, purple, brown, and then like competing against me. And all the way, like back when I was adult, Marshal 1, Marshal 2, and now Marshal 3, right? And but you you always you always know the guy that okay this is his hobby but he's a real competitor yeah. and the guy that just went to the competition because he want he wants to have like a a competition fun and yeah. then, like and and that's the part that drives me crazy about like jujitsu right because you cannot wake up one day and then like oh, guess what today I'm gonna play with Tom Brady right. <laughs> or like jujitsu, oh, you can't. Yes, yes, exactly. So, if, if or, I, uh, or like you, you cannot, you cannot wake up and like, oh, today, uh, let me play with LeBron James, or like, let me play with Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah, or let me sign, let me sign up for the Olympics. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I get it. But you, but you, you can, you can. If and I, that, and that, I think, like as a uh, Business as well and professional sport, I think, is something that like has to change in jiu-jitsu because sometimes it's irresponsible you allow one guy, like let's say maybe we get a like Muhammad Ali is one of the best athletes I ever seen jiu-jitsu. That guy he could be whatever sport like he's like athlete. whatever. Wow, that's yes. crazy. But, like so, Muhammad Ali he's like he crazy athlete. So let's say uh, then a guy goes and sign up for, like, I don't know, Charleston Open. 
And then Muhammad Ali is there. And then the guy like, oh, no, I just want to have my first black belt match and I'll be JJF. And then your first round is Muhammad Ali. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, like, it's like, I don't think that, I don't, I don't, like, some people think that's nice. I don't think it's nice. I think it's dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's like, imagine, you imagine, guys. like, yeah, it's like, you guys, next like, three years. <laughs> in three years, you could be in the same bracket. You too. Yeah. Yes? Yes. Yes. Well, uh, but, like, think, I, think about, let's say, Bushesha, he is 31, 32 now. Yeah. So imagine if Bushesha decides decide to match the world, and then you're like, you now you match the one, you know, like, man, like, you talk to your wife, hey, babe, let's go to Vegas. We're going to have a great time. I'm going to compete, and then we go have fun. And your first round is Bushesha. Mm -hmm. I, I think man. that that's, yeah, I, th I get it on both sides. I'm a realist. And look, I'm a hobbyist, I'm a realist, and I'm somebody who started older. It's no fun to show up like that. You know, you it, when you go to compete, you really do want to, yes, it's there for the experience, but you mm -hmm. want to have a fair chance at, at getting exactly. something. Exactly. He's a, that, are that's what I'm talking about. That's a pro. That's what I'm talking you know, about. I think, Abu I think is, a, is a pro. He's, he's fighting in one championship. He could come back and just do a, a local tournament. He could literally show up look, at a, a local new breed. Yeah. And compete, and it's like, what fun is that for him? I mean, it doesn't happen too often yeah. like that, but I wish I, I think that there should be a separation of like, you know, you're a professional now, and you're going to fight here, and these are the guys that are going to fight on yeah. this side and the hobbyists. I kind of look forward mm -hmm. to to uh, fighting Bouchesha and, <laughs> and Leandro Lowe. I don't, and I don't know. I think Felipe they should Yeah, but, no, that, but, that, I, but that's okay. Around, if I stick around, it but might that, happen. But that, that that's okay if you take these serious. Yeah. yeah, because you're gonna prepare yourself for that. What, what I'm saying is, like the guys, they are not preparing themselves. They just going for a tournament, not thinking like you. So they just mm -hmm. want to go to a tournament, you know. But like, and then you show up there, and they're like, you go on a master's division, and they're like, Lovato is there, <laughs> Shange is there, yeah. Cyborg is there, like, like well, like K. Shim is there, <laughs> yeah. You know, Rafael Formiga is there, like Vitor, man, like Megaton is there, no. <laughs> like, Mackenzie Dern is there if you're a girl. Yeah. She's 31. She's Michelle Nicolini, she just won double gold at the Europeans on a Masters division. So imagine like you are a girl and then like you, your first tournament as a Masters black belt to go, like, let me sign up. I want to compete as a black belt at BJF. And then you're going to be Michelle Nicolini like first round, class and open class. Oh, huh. If you prepare for this, it's very nice. But if your mindset's not for that, I don't. I don't think it's realistic. Yeah. Well, listen, Professor, we're gonna go through. Our, we're gonna do a speed round of questions real quick. It's just we uh -huh. ask uh, similar questions to almost every guest. I know you got to get out of here. We're gonna try to do this in just a few minutes. Okay. Uh huh. You got him. You want to start off? No, I got him. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, him. Mackenzie Dern is 28. I apologize. <laughs> I'll ask the first one. <laughs> so, so I know you've competed. Uh, you know, both gi and no gi. Oops. What is your preference? Which do you prefer to compete in, gi or no gi? The answer that I always give my students that I like no gi and I love gi. I agree. Explain. Uh, I think I, uh, people have their, their preference, of course. Some people say that no gi is harder. Uh, I think the gi has so much more possibility because of the gripping. And because I grew up in a gi culture, like remember, I started 1990. So it's not like now. I think who is starting nowadays, you're gonna see a lot of people going into no gi. Right? And the 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 the, the most important thing, don't forget, I started just because of judo. 
So I always love the game. Like I, you're gonna see me tournaments like doing throws. Like I always, like, I, I never got belt in judo, but I train a lot of judo. My wife is a judo black belt. I still train in judo. You know, I, I so I love, I love the game. Um, the no gear, I really like the training, and I love the competition because I love to compete. So like I have won no gear worlds like five times on the master division. So I, I joke with people like I love the gi, but I have more no gi titles. <laughs> I got you. Man. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. Next question. Takedown or pull guard? What's your preference? Uh, uh, like a beautiful, a beautiful throw is a beautiful throw. Man. <laughs> there you go. That's even, uh, is that considered, I mean, uh, it is a takedown. That's takedown. But I call it a throw. <laughs> but I, I, yeah. I love, I love judo too. Like I, sometimes if I get like a judo video on my Instagram reel, and then I just start like I pick it, and then I'm, I'm watching like before uh, you know it, I'm watching like 1984 yeah, Summer like, I'm Olympics a, I'm judo a, matches. <laughs> I'm, I'm a I'm a guard player as well. I play I play yeah. a lot of half guard, so ah, it really depends on who you, who you who you rolling against. But a beautiful throw is a beautiful throw. <laughs> who's your Who's your favorite competitor to watch? Depends which era. <laughs> um, the the era when you were a kid and you were looking up. So when I was a kid, I had I gonna mention uh, four names because I cannot mention just one. Fabio Gorgel, Ricardo Liborio, Mario Sperri, and Murilo Bustamante. Those and I'm already attached. Top five. Top five. So those are like that's good. Th th those those were like my my heroes, right? For my generation, uh, Marcelo Garcia, Xande, Roger, um, Jacaré, Jacaré, and yes, and and Lovato Jr. And um, because Lovato for me, he's the real like American goat because he did everything. Yep. Gi, no gi, MMA, everything, right? Um. Uh, Today, today's generation, I love to to watch Tainan Dalpa is amazing. Mika Galvão is amazing. Gordon Ryan is amazing. Um, I, I wish Gordon do, did the gear as well because I really think, like, I, I have that argument with everybody. I really think that if he did the gear, he would make the Sunday of the world. I have that argument with everybody. Anyways. Yeah. He's good at like Gordon. Yes, but Gordon, Tynan, uh, and Mika Galvão, man, they they are different. <laughs> they are different. Yeah. Art of Jiu-Jitsu is putting out some really beautiful uh, just, just don't just just don't say that I didn't talk about any girls. Bia Mesquita, Ana Carol uh, Vieira, yeah. they are two of my favorite like rappers ever, like from any era. My one of my coaches trains with her, uh Sofia Amarante. They they train mm -hmm. with her uh, uh, at Aviv often. Man, yeah. they are they are so good. They are so she's good. so strong. Yeah. yeah, like the way she looks. Um, let's see. Uh, what's your ultimate goal in the world of jujitsu? Um, Think about your legacy. Like, what do you want to leave behind? I is really make an impact here on Midland communities um, because. It's a small town, oil town, like a lot of kids, they don't see future here. They just want to move out of town when they go to college, during college time. And I want to, I want to like a lot of kids see that they can have future in Jiu-Jitsu. You know, because like he's all about football, baseball and go to college. And 
now we have a, like a big program that we want to grow more and I want to people it's, it's even hard for the parents like see she's a profession over here so that's something that I always like to bring people here and like bring young people so the parents not only the kids but the parents can see that people can really make a living of jiu-jitsu right mm -hmm. you, you see like uh koabachi you know like 17. mika galvão 18 mika galvão 18 years old uh the uh kendall i brought kendall here like uh like last last month kendall rosen like i mean she has like three four schools like she's like 23 years old you know mm -hmm. so i think that's important for the kids see someone that they can relate because yes they can see me but it's like you always need to I believe you always need someone that like that small age gap for you so you can say, oh, I want to be there, you know? Yeah. So we're going to jump ahead to the last question because I know that you got to go. We want to get you to your class. Yep. Yep. This is, a, we call this the most important question you can ever answer in your jujitsu career. Uh-huh. Do you or do you not wash your belt? No. Nope. Nope. That was, why, I, and I, knew, why? I knew that was coming. And why? And because I believe in tradition. Okay. And I, I think if I have come in a different generation, I would definitely watch, watch my belt. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so but, as, as an old school guy, somebody who trained in Brazil, what is the tradition behind not washing the belt? Where does, what does it really mean to wash it or not well, wash well, it? When, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, like the thing was like, uh, if you wash your belt, you lose all your knowledge, you lose all your power, <laughs> you lose all your techniques. And then it's, it's like, the, the good thing is like, I have multiple belts, right? So like, uh, but like, you used to change so much, man. You used to change so much. Yeah. I gotcha. Professor, thank you so much for doing this. We'll let you get to your class. We appreciate you coming on. We'll put this out. I'll tag you in, a, in about a week. We're, we put these out mm -hmm. like about a week after, week and a half after we shoot. Uh, so uh -huh. we'll tag you. I'll let you know when this comes out. But we really, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for doing this. And, uh, and you have a good night, okay? Thank you very much. Nah, oh, uh, let, me, I, let me give you, let you do any shout outs. If anybody you'd like to say hello to, any sponsors, anything like that. I'm sorry. I forgot mm -hmm. to let you do that. Uh, first of all, I would like to thank you guys for the opportunity. Uh, hope I can come back on, on the show. Uh, you can like I feel that we could, could talk about a lot of things like for oh, hours. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Flowers, BJJ. Um, and if you're ever in Miami, please come into the studio. We like to have people come yes. in. And obviously, with Zoom and and uh -huh. uh, travel and fewer events, people you know, fewer people coming down to South Florida for events. Mm -hmm. We're doing the mostly on Zoom, but we designed the podcast to be like a roundtable and have people uh -huh. come in. So if you're ever down here, just let me know. We'll plan yes. something. Yes, well, definitely. And then so thank you, thank you for that. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, I would I would like to send the invitation for you guys to come over to Midland, Texas. Thank you. I'm gonna say the same thing that I said to I said to everyone. Hey, there is not much to do here, but it's great jujitsu. <laughs> it's good. Great good to know. Thank you so much. And, and then, other than that, just thank you, uh, my my sponsors, uh, especially Fuji. Fuji has been for me since 2013. You know, like um. Uh, Sensei Jimmy and I have a relationship that goes like beyond beyond the business. I'm very grateful for him. Uh, then every every single combat like warriors to be did I have uh, Hubert Education, 
Ahora estoy hablando español también. Es el Spanish curso que me dio la oportunidad porque he estado viajando mucho por México y por Sudamérica también. So I think it's important to be able to speak on the person's language. So Hubert, Hubert Education, uh, BJJ Fanatics with uh, Michael Zeng and Bernardo, like they have a good partnership with me. I appreciate the opportunity to work with them. And that's it. Hope to hope to keep like inspiring people through Jiu-Jitsu. And you got your BJJ Fanatics. It's a closed guard, right? What is it? What's the exact name of, uh, of your... Yeah, I have the visible jiu-jitsu, visible jiu-jitsu series, right? So I have the invisible jiu-jitsu, I call the visible jiu-jitsu, everybody can see. <laughs> <laughs> so the the visible jiu-jitsu series, I have the, the half guard, I have uh, half guard sweeps, submissions, and then I have the guard passing, passing the half guard, all right? And I have the close guard, like submissions. Very so good. I have three, Go check three those out, that, Yeah, you guys, you guys are going to see some good content over there. <laughs> All right, don't hang up, but we're going to say goodbye. Thank you so much. Again, appreciate you coming on, and we're always open for you coming down. So thank you so much. All righty? Thank you, guys. Okay. All uh, right, that was awesome, everybody. Thank you very much to, again to Professor Bastos. How about all those? How about all those? Man, that guy knows everybody. Goes yes, deep. I, I was actually yeah. trying deep. to, I was like trying not to interrupt, but yeah. Like those, I mean, those, name he, he named like the royal, like, Speed just kind of yeah. the, the who's who and the royalty of it was a carpet jiu-jitsu. bombing of name dropping yeah man yeah like you know, very he's, he's, rapid, he's trained with some of the best rapid I, I, of course i pick up bj penn because you know being a you know a ufc fan i wanted to he he said that he dropped his name you a couple know, of times you know it's the one thing i say about bj penn to everybody who's never heard about bj penn. no i have no clue what you tell anybody I, I go immediately to youtube and i was like watch this little tiny dude jump out of a three-foot pool just just dead leg jump. He's in a pool up to here in water. Oh, are you serious? And he high jumps out. I thought I thought this was one of me like a Miguel joke. No, I was waiting for the punch. You line. did that twice today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you thought I was like he's being, for real. Yeah, no, I'm super for real. Hey guys, we oh, got some. What do we got? Super, super for, for real. real. Got some gifts. Yeah, from Flow and Roll. Got sure a little do. bit of a swag for you guys. Oh, well, we got a, a couple of t-shirts for you. Oh, you got to roll before Eminence. you put this stuff yeah. on, bro. Roll and roll. I'm just going to throw these at you, bro. I'm not being disrespectful. Oh. <laughs> what else do we got? Hey, Bo, you got to let us put you on a couple of Kimuras before you can put that thing on. Yeah, yeah, right. And that's the last thing Jiu-Jitsu you're putting me in. Jiu-Jitsu is the art of control oh, wait. that leads he missed to submission. It. He just missed it. What did he miss? You missed what? that I knew what a Kimura was. Hey, hey what's that one time. say? What does it say? What does it say? What is it? Too late. I read it too already. Late. That's because oh. I watch. That's because I watch Mary underscore A underscore no. cool. Look, High quality rolls. <laughs> Jiu-jitsu. Check that. Oh, I like that one. Uh, this one's one of my favorites. Look at that design. How cool is that? I think I'm wearing it, actually. Oh, that's the one you got on? Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Again, it. designs are really just amazing. He's great. They're He's com- so good this at is it. Part of, this is part of his 2022 line. Some of those. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Damn. What do we got for uh, for Miguel? What do we got? Let's see. We got a whole bunch of stuff. We got way more stuff out there that we we did a little unboxing video for you guys. You can check it out on our Instagram and on our TikTok. I might just give Um, some of these away online, you know, and just ship them to somebody. Yeah, contest. No, I'll just, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Technique over strength? Bam. Never. Strength over technique. Always. That's why I always (laughs) lose. (laughs) Drop the bomb. Good day for drop the bomb. Yeah. Does it say, read that? What? Taking you down. It says, I'm taking you down. Brace you, brace for impact. Very cool. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. I like this one. What else we got here? 
Oh, this is the eminence one. Like I just got your drop the bomb thing. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah, right. Ah. All right. Uh, you know what? I'll I'll save mine for another for day. the unboxing. I will show them on the unboxing, so check those out online. Thank you to Sean. The Everybody secret. check out Flow and Roll. Again, flow and roll. Flow underscore N underscore roll on Instagram. And if you're gonna order T-shirts, geese, belts, anything, individual orders, you just go to flowandroll.com and use code JG, JG, JJD. 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 JJD at checkout. That's right. JJD. I get that JJD. Underscore DJJ. You screwed me up. I, it's it's a master plan, sir. Let's do, uh, let's do some quick shout-outs. Shout-out to our, our Patreon podcast patrons, including gym sponsors, Carlson Gracie, Winter Haven in Winter Haven, Florida. CGWinterHaven.com, at Carlson Gracie underscore Winter Haven on Instagram. Uh, Carlson Gracie, Broward County in North Lauderdale. That's Big J down here in Florida. Big J. Carlson Gracie, Broward County.com, and at Carlson Gracie, Broward County on IG. A big shout-out to John Way Martial Arts in Plantation, Florida. JohnWayMartialArts.com and at John Way Martial Arts on IG. Our individual patrons include Jebediah Berra, Robert Walker, Frank House, Boa Athletics. You can Boa. check them out at BOA underscore athletics on IG. Jason Smiley, CJ Carroll, Mission 22, and Chuck Reddor. Oh, oh, and Robert and, Roberto Santiago. Yeah, man. Can't forget about Roberto. He trains at, at John's. At, at John Way, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, if you'd like to support the show you can or and get a shout-out like that, visit us on patreon.com forward slash jujitsu dummies. Join and you're automatically entered every single month into our monthly giveaway to win up to $100 in jujitsu swag. Listeners who submit questions we use on the show are also automatically entered into those drawings. You'll see me posting, and the winners are that you know that you kind know of what stuff. I'm gonna say. They're either getting they're either getting stuff from Patreon or they've submitted questions and they're getting a bottle of CBD or double dip uh, or uh, a podcast tea from from Flow and Roll, who's uh, doing all our I, podcasts. If you now. if you get a gift card, get the mug. The mug is the best. Which one? Where on our the, site? Yeah. Oh, I love them. Yeah, those mugs come out. Those mugs amazing. are yeah. Yeah, they, they last forever. Like I, the they wash they well. La- yeah, they last forever. They that, look good. That, that ink, like it never. Comes it's a good off. conversation starter. Yeah, yeah. I love when every like I send I send a swag bag to every guest. Yeah. So I love when they post the mug. It's the one. Yeah. It, it absolutely lasts and the longest. If, if you don't like coffee, you can put tea in it. Uh, at yeah. Jujitsu Dummies on IG for all the ways to watch, listen, okay. support, and donate to our scholarship program, where we award one year scholarships to veterans, first responders, and amazing kids. Now we did that under the foundation, but we closed that to do them under the podcast. So we're hoping to do one, but we need your help. So if you go to our IG, click on the link in the bio. You can There's a uh, donate right at the top there. Yeah. You can kind of see one of the first three or four uh, clicks. You'll see that you can donate on GoFundMe. So uh, check that out. Yep. Uh, last, this tribal guy. Want to give him another shout out, hey, right? Whoa, knock guy. over the. I love mine. Show them yours. Yours is better. Mine's been here for a while. They're all great. What right? are you talking about? They're I like amazing. I like that one a yeah, lot. Yeah, they're amazing. That's these paddles. Like he'll like you'll kind of give him a little history of yourself and like your life, and then he'll create a really cool paddle. He did yours. You know, obviously jujitsu and, and your military, military background. Red, white, I asked for mine to to be about the show. I'm definitely looking forward to getting one for kind of like a little for bit more personal crib. for me. And, yeah, uh, we're, we're building out the gym at the What's house. What's it going to so. be? Is it going to be like you walking on the beach? I don't know. I don't Cupcakes. know. I think it's me, my daughter, you know, family, young dad kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I haven't, I haven't really thought about it. So okay. actually, Bo's up next. If uh, we're, he's going to do another, you know, he was. Uh, I'm excited. Patrick's going to gonna do one for Bo's. all of the staff members and the hosts and everything. So so Bo will be up next, and then uh, 
We'll have uh, I'm excited a third to see one it. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Check him out on Instagram at this tribal guy. And you can go to his Etsy page, etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash this tribal guy. All of us here at the Jiu-Jitsu Dummies would like to thank the entire crew over at Flow and Roll for their tremendous support. They're renowned for their incredible t-shirt designs, and they've got something for everyone. Flow and Roll quickly rose up to become the premier custom apparel provider for academies, big or small, throughout the United States. Shoot them an email about your custom order, flowandroll at gmail.com, and they'll be more than happy to get you hooked up. Check them out on Instagram at flow underscore and underscore roll for samples of their gi and no-gi kits. They conveniently offer flexible payment options, too. Head over to flowandroll.com for more details, and while you're there, pick up a Jujitsu Dummy signature tee, now exclusively at flowandroll.com. And remember, you'll get 20% off your online purchase of t-shirts, rash guards, or geese with code JJD. Special thanks to George Hernandez, Claims Adjuster. Have you experienced damage to your residential or commercial property in the state of Florida from flood or fire, storms, theft and vandalism, even sinkholes, just to name a few? Don't get stressed out dealing with your insurance provider. Call George Hernandez today and let the professionals get you the most compensation possible. Visit HernandezClaims.com or call 305-712-6751 to get help now. And stay in touch with them on Instagram at HernandezClaims. Anything else? That's it, man. Good. Just check us out. So... Uh, I'm Uncle Milty BJJ on IG. You are? I am uh, JJ. <laughs> Do you remember what it is? Underscore DJJ. At JJD underscore yeah, I don't think, DJJ. Do you have to say the at? 69. Is it, come on. You, you have to say the be clear. What do you mean? You just want to be clear. On Instagram. App. You're on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You do. But you, 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 don't, you were really, I repeated it only because you were like really low. You were like JJ. You don't say the at. At JJD underscore DJ. DJJ, say that five times. Do, real fast. do you say www? I feel like that's no. Like the same actually, I had somebody take that out of artwork today that sent me something. I'm like, you don't have to say at. I love when somebody's like, take down my website. Okay, it's www. World, what? I'm like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Are you going to write that down? They're waiting for you to write it down. I'm like, no, I know that. It's always HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www. At what? <laughs> at bad works b-a-d-w-e-r-k-s correct i got that one i'm tagging you every day all right everybody thank you very much for for watching and listening we appreciate sure. you peace love and jujitsu oh, 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 oh,